It was all a pipe dream Watching bodyboarding up on TV Deep at reef, watching tension repeats Eating bakery feeds at 18 Living the dream with no sunscreen Yeah, we were so keen Surfing Aussie pipe, buying Riptide Eating shit pies, maybe right, get Good day high. and welcome to the Riptide Bodyboarding Podcast The home of bodyboarding Thank you for joining us on episode 17 of our Verbal Journaling And I'm your host, Luke O'Connor Well, today's guest is someone who has been sitting in the sport and partaking in the sport for, goodness gracious me, like three or four decades. Uh, She was 1998 Australian female champion. She's featured in Baywatch, uh, in Pepsi commercials. She grew up in rural Port Macquarie with ostrich farms and God knows what was happening out there. And she also runs a very successful online and physical bodyboarding store over in the States. And a little bit of trivia for all of our Riptide uh, listeners out there. She was the first ever female rider on the cover of Riptide. Of course, I'm talking about Vicky Real. How are you, Vicky? Good. You've done your research, huh? Some of that stuff I even forgot about. <laughs> well, you've got such a decorated life, Vicky. I was, I was going through some things the other day and I'm like, oh my goodness, you would have to have seen so many eras and generations of Boogan. It's, it's so cool. Yeah, I've been one of the lucky ones for sure. Yeah, in it at the right time, I feel like, you know? Oh, I was just about to say that. You took the words right out of my mouth. It seemed like yeah. you were at that real peak and surge of, of bodyboarding when it was taking over the world and, and surfing was kind of quivering in its boots a little bit, just going, what is this craft in the water and why is everyone yeah. so so obsessed with it? So can you take us back to your original, you know, your younger years in Port Macquarie and, and, and how it all came about? Yeah, so, you know, my brother Peter Gleason, some of you might remember him, um, he was a bodyboarder and he was best friends with Epo. Um, so growing up in Port Macquarie, he would bodyboard and, you know, the, um, the big bodyboard crew down in Port. Um, so he, him and Epo would bodyboard all the time and so I'm like, you know, I'll give it a go, influenced by them. And um, so I grabbed a couple of girlfriends. And to be honest, you know, we were like, let's get in the water and flirt with these guys. <laughs> so <laughs> we kind of, you know, just to be honest. <laughs> good course, place, yeah, 100%. Good place, <laughs> good place to pick up some boys, you know. So I would go with my brother. And then, you know, I got kind of interested in Epo. And so I started dating Epo. And then... Um, Mr. Eppo, you know, um, ran the Port Macquarie Bodyboard Club. So just said to a couple of my girlfriends, let's do it. And he's like, yeah, let's do a women's division. So we had a good solid crew of, um, girls, mostly all my friends that joined the Bodyboard Club there. And, you know, going with Peter and Eppo every day, I kind of got better and, um, you know, them pushing me like, go ahead. Sorry, at the time, Vicky, I, I, I didn't want to interrupt you, but I was just thinking, you know, at the time when you were with Epo and the crew and, and all those amazing bodyboarders and probably one of the um, epicenters for bodyboarding in Australia, if not the world, yeah. how did mm-hmm. it feel in that proving ground, you know? Was was there a lot of buzz? Was there a lot of energy? Was there a lot of competitiveness? Yeah, it was um, a lot of buzz, you know, a lot of um everyone pushing each other and, you know, just a solid group of fun people that, you know, let's meet at Lighthouse or Breakwall or Flinnies, you know, and then you get out there and it's like, pull in Vic, you know, or, you know, just a lot of encouragement (laughs) from everyone and anyone. And so, yeah, it's just a fun thing to do after school and, you know, with people that loved it too. And I think that's why it was such a um, great spot for um, bodyboarders to grow up in because of that support with everyone, you know? For sure. Um, Was there ever um, any division amongst the group due to, um, you know, a little bit of competitive flair or trying to push for sponsors or, you know, some bad call in a local comp that, you know, someone should have won the final but this wave wasn't counted? Can you you remember any of those moments? Because I know um, back here at home in Cronulla there's definitely a couple of local club comps that occasionally get... um, muddled up in, you know, society's hierarchy and egos. Yeah, you know, not that I remember. And, you know, I did the World Tour many years later where that definitely did happen. But 
I don't remember that with in port. Um, especially maybe it was the Bodyboard Club and Mr. Eppo. It really was just all about let's go down to the contest. You know, there's going to be bacon and egg sandwiches, and we're going to. I don't know. I don't remember that. I, I don't know. It, it just seemed like such um, love, <laughs> you know, <laughs> amongst everyone. That's epic. That's yeah. so cool. So cool. Yeah. And just and, to. Um, Sorry, yeah, yeah. Please go. I don't want to interrupt your story. I just have got so many questions. I get so yeah, gay. no, I'll, I'll out. Go for it. Yeah, I was, I was almost going to ask too. Um, it kind of popped into my head while you were saying that with your bacon egg sandwiches. I've, I've heard you mention them a couple of times now, and you're obviously, you know, super keen on that meal. And, and who isn't <laughs> when they go to the beach? How do you like your eggs? Do you like them runny? Do you like them hard? Like, what's the go when you rock up to a local barb and you're like, oh mate, give me that setup. Yeah, get dripping yolk. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I knew you'd say that. It's the only yeah. way, hey. It's the only way. It is, yeah. You can't have them hard and rubbery, you know. Yeah, no, it does your head in. And then you're probably not going to perform well in your heat anyway. You're like, oh, you're just thinking about this barbie going, who is this kook cooking up hard-boiled eggs on this thing? Yeah, that's it. And you can't – it's not a thing over here in California. So, you know, when I make them at home, I'm like, who wants a bacon and egg singer? <laughs> how was it um you know being obviously you're you're unbelievably australian and it's so nice to hear your voice especially being over in um america for so long and obviously not really adapting the accent and keeping that that strong new south wales rural accent which you know i love i spent a lot of time with um some of the port boys up, up up and down the coast over the last couple of years and it's just so nice to hear an authentic accent that hasn't been muddled or anything like that um what was the what, what was it like making the trip over from australia after you'd met jay and you guys that traveled around the world and and obviously with your girlfriend at the time but then also inter- intermittently in and out with him whilst he was doing the world tour and stuff what was the move like coming from laid back australia to the superpower of the world yeah, and it's funny you say I still got an accent because I feel like whenever I talk to another Aussie, it comes back. So I and what, speaking to my friends over here and other Americans, I talk American. It's really weird. I find it hard to talk American, but I, I still have it. Like there's only there's a few people that still go, "Oh, where are you from? You're from Australia." I hear it, and then there's other people like I don't hear it at all. So it depends who I'm talking to. And now you're an Aussie, wow. so I feel like it's coming back. Yeah. It's it's weird. That's cool. That's yeah. That's so cool. It's almost adaptations. It's like hey, I'm it I'm is. in this zone. I'm just talking this way. But you know, when I'm back with a fellow countryman, oh, I'll just let loose. It is. Yeah, I get a little more crude too. So look out. <laughs> ah, I actually noticed that. Um, I I watched a couple of podcasts with you and Jay on the the e bodybuilding um platform, and you guys are talking in the shop, and you're talking boards, you're talking products, you're talking your life journeys and everything, and um. Oh man, it's classic to hear uh, you and Jay going backwards and forth, you know, because you've obviously got such a cool relationship and you've loved each other for so long, but you can be so natural with each other. Even on camera, I can see you just having little inside jokes and it's really, it's, it's really cool to see like, how's it been um, falling in love within, within the bodybuilding industry and continuing on that relationship and, and um, branching out with your networks. It, it must be amazing. Yeah, it is, and it's funny, you know, Jay knows how crude I can get, and he warns me, actually, before podcasts, okay, I don't want much cussing, it's, you know, it's for um, <laughs> a specific audience, and especially on YouTube, you know, you have to check all these boxes, whatever, so I got to hold myself. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, it's been um, awesome traveling with Jay and, you know, hooking up with him during the years that we traveled together so um it was kind of a different journey because it wasn't like we were in one spot all the time you know when I first left port to kind of travel I you know you mentioned I traveled with my girlfriend for a year and um the plan was always to go back to uni in Australia but falling in love with Jay changed that and falling in love with the sport of bodyboarding and getting sponsors and being able to compete and make a living from it just changed the direction of my life so um you know, hooking up with an American wasn't really in the books and it just kind of happened. And, um, 
you know, it's uh, people always go, how do you guys meet? And I'm like, oh, you got an hour, you know, <laughs> because there's quite, <laughs> quite a history and story behind it, you know. So Yeah, I yeah, think- definitely. And also um, another part of that, you know, you just mentioned you were going to uni, Vicky, and it surprised me so immensely when I, when I heard this come out of your mouth that you enrolled in computer coding at the time yes. like now if someone said that to me i'd be like oh yeah for sure code or whatever there's so many different websites and platforms and apps that are all coded and and, and i mm-hmm. i completely get that but back in the day what made you pursue that career yeah i don't know just thinking of the future and it's funny you say that because my son's in high school right now and his one of his favorite classes is robotics and i'm like kieran stick to that it's the future and Thinking about when I was, you know, back in 92 or 93 when I was going for coding, yeah, it kind of sounds weird, but I just thought it's got to be the future. Everything's going to need coding, you know, and as much as I look back on that and go, shit, imagine if I did that path, (laughs) how different my life would be. But it's funny, like even now I've just invested in like a robotics company and I you just... I, even this morning I said to Jay, the robotics company that I invested in are starting to make robotic arms for restaurant industry to like flip tortillas and stuff because of the whole um, shortage of workers, you know. So fast forward, wow, here we are wow, in 2023 insane. and I'm still kind of thinking the future, you know. It's weird that you just mentioned that. And you've also, <clears throat> yeah, but and you've also passed it down to your son and you, yeah. you're um, also investing in in other companies that are going to keep pursuing that passion. That's that's so cool. And it's great foresight because you're banging the money there. Like, you know, who knows in the next 10, 20, 30 years, we, we might have like robotic bodyboards with like um, jets on them that are just propelling us out of like yeah. lips or yeah. you know, there'll be hover hover sections or like uh-huh. something. You know, it'll be yeah. the all-purpose all bodyboard that will just take us around the neighbourhood. We won't there have to go. hop over. Yeah. Yeah. talking about um talking about technology and obviously talking about your love for it relating back to boogie i noticed that you had surfed the um waco uh surf wave pool over in texas recently how was that experience copying mechanical waves all day long yeah we're actually going in two days we're leaving on saturday to go back um oh it's hooked you yeah, we love it. I mean, where can you go on a trip where you're guaranteed waves? You don't have to worry. Oh, am I going to get skunked? Is it going to be giant? Is it going to be tiny? And um, these trips that Jay and I put together, we fell in love with it by going the first time. And then we're like, ah, oh, we should come back again. And then it kind of turned into we should run out the pool for the day because you can only um, change the waves to the ideal bodyboarding ways if you rent the pool out. If you go just for like general public sessions, you get one particular wave and it's fun, but it's not that wedgy, hollow, launchy, barrelly type waves that bodyboarders want. So they said, well, the only way you get that is if you do privates. So we're like, we've got to come back and do privates. So now we do a couple of trips a year where we open it up to bodyboarders to join us and we can literally go there and we they have iPad and we, go, we want the Waco wedge, we want the double barrel, you know, and we can change the waves to whatever we want. And when we first started, we thought, okay, surfers can come. And then we kind of stopped and thought, you know what, surfers don't really want the waves we want, especially if you open it up to public. We might get the beginner that wants to, you know, ride a mushy wave. <laughs> passionate sponges that come and join us and we say okay this session we're going to do this wedge and this session we're going to do this and it's freaking epic and you go and you know you're going to catch 180 waves in two days you know (laughs) or whatever it is so yeah and you're guaranteed barrels and it's warm water and you're in texas so you can get the barbecue and it's just epic i love it that is so cool. That, like, I just want to let you know too, Vicky. Halfway through your um, your spiel, then it, it it did kind of go a little bit computery and cut out. So any of the listeners at home, um, 
Vicky was just going, you know, ham about her time in um, the Texas Waco wave pool and taking groups out there and just all the cool settings you can put it on and the, and the vibe yeah. and, and whatever. I was just going to um, ask further from that point, Vicky, have you been to any other wave pools to compare it to? Have you been able to um, kind of get your fix in any other robotic manner? No, we actually contacted the um, Slater Ranch, the, um, you know, the ranch, surf ranch, to kind of do a similar trip, um, but it's freaking crazy, the cost. You rent it for eight hours, and it ends up being like 50 grand or whatever, and each rider gets Whoa. like two, two waves an hour, so you can't blow it on that wave. Else you, So, you know, there's different packages, but, the yeah, the one we were looking at, you could only have like 10 people, so the 10 people had to split that 50 grand, and you got like six waves. It was just crazy. And it's not, I don't think, in my opinion, it's an ideal bodyboarding wave, so. No way, no way. Yeah. And, you know, we've actually had a guest on the podcast, um, Chris Emerson, who's a who's a DJ, originally from Australia in the Northern Yeah, yep. and, I know, he's yeah, gone. What's so not, yeah, absolute legend. And, yeah, he was explaining to us that, you know, on um, when he was DKing, loved it, you know, and felt like he could kind of yeah. silhouette pretty well in the, in the barrel because it's obviously more of that kind of surfer, not arm and shape, but, you know, just how you can be kind of compressed against the face of the wave a bit more and you, you don't have um, – you're taller in the wave than wide, but let's put it that way. So yeah. Right. D- DK, he said, like, all good, but, yeah, on the prone, it felt like it was racing in front of him a lot. And, you know, you nailed it on the head when you said Waco. Waco's got the air bowls. Like, you look at some yeah. of the photos that have come out from Tanner over there or, yeah. you know, um, even, uh, um, oh, I just forgot Mac, Matt Curley's beautiful oh, girlfriend's yeah. name. Yeah, Ayaka, uh, yeah. Ayaka Suzuki, yes, oh, my goodness. Some such cool footage of her doing, like, um, innies and forwards and, flips and everything out there so you know you can tell the quality of the wave so i reckon stick to texas waco and let kelly's wave pool stick it yeah that's what i'm saying especially for the price yeah definitely man that's that's incredible like obviously i know it's got the prestige and it's on the wsl tour every now and again and whatever but come on kelly just you got enough you got enough money in the pockets brother let's just let's just let the people in and, and and get good waves you know yep i know yeah, and the one um, in the desert that Kalani Rob's going to be opening up, I think summer 2023, it's going to be bigger and better too. So that one's going to be pretty sick. Yeah, sick. There's actually a new one opening up um, in Sydney. We've only got one down in Melbourne at the moment. And there's another one up in Queensland called Surf Lakes that um, BP yeah. um, is is a, an ambassador for. And obviously that's pretty cool, that plunge technology. Yeah. But he, yeah, and it doesn't seem to me to have the same dynamics as Waco and the way it can kind of wedge off different walls. I think that design mm-hmm. for Bergen is, is really cool. Yeah, it is. Yeah. What, what type of, um, what type of uh, bodyboards do you take over? Because obviously you, you guys own and, and run your own brand, Tribe Bodyboards. Do you, yeah. do you take a variety of boards over there from um, varying sizes and, and different materials is there is there a certain um formula that that really is successful in the um yeah you know what it is is we want a little rocker because if you're getting some of those hollow waves it's it's good to i mean not super rockered out but um you know we bring our son and he's a little shorter than i so he actually has a 38 inch board i'm usually a 39 so even a little shorter you know because it's got the power that um it doesn't matter if you have a little rocker, but some of the bowly waves, I don't know, it's it's good to have that little rocker to bottom turn and kind of boost up. I don't know. That's my thoughts, but everyone's a little different. Yeah, 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 certainly. And I guess you make a really valid point there. It's not like you're searching for power in a wave. You've got it there in front of you, so you don't yeah. have to be milking it and, and all that kind of jazz. I, I remember um, looking at some of your El, El Salvador bodyboarding camp trips and you were mentioning that you would go up um, an, an inch or an inch and a half depending if the waves had less power, if they were a bit mushy. I remember you saying yeah. you competed in Japan and you also went up um, an inch to, to help get get over those fat sections. Is that something yeah. that you've, you've mastered over the last couple of decades or three or four decades in the sport or is it something that's only come recently? Um, I feel like towards the end of my competitive career on the world tour, I kind of figured it out. 
Um, but it also depends. Like I ride a brake here in um, San Clemente called T Street, and it's kind of a mushy wave. But then, you know, I'll go to Cloud Break or in Fiji and ride something a little more hollow. And so, yeah, it. I, I feel like bodyboarders are kind of like surfers and you kind of need a small quiver, you know, depending on if you're riding mushy waves or bigger waves or hollow waves. You know, I like a little flex too. So, um, you know, I don't go with the stiff mesh stringer combination. So, yeah, it's definitely been a lifelong kind of experience to pick and choose what I think works for each kind of condition. So, yeah, for yeah. sure. Do you um, yeah. do you ever look back? You know, I've, I've I've chatted to a couple of people recently about this, and it's a bit of a theme at the moment in um, core Australian boogan that we need to bring the Dow core back. Yeah. You know, those beautiful yes. Dow days where you've had that that flex, and obviously you didn't have yeah. the longevity, say a PPE or um, an ISS stringer system or whatever's out there on the market at, at the moment. All the different cores these days are. Um, are called so many different names and and slightly yeah. different technology, but really, going back to the promised land, you know, we all yeah. get back to Dow. Is that something yeah. that tribe bodyboards have um ever looked at? Well, um, you know what, being a retailer of bodyboards, it's kind of a shame in that. What I mean by that is everyone thinks that they need a polypro board with a stringer, and it to Jay and I we. It, it, some people will be like voodoo no way you can't have any rocker it has to be flat you have to have a stringer it needs to be polypro and unfortunately the boards that i feel like work for some of our customers i want to tell them no you don't need a, a stringer no a little bit of flex is okay no a rocker is good but we have to as a as a manufacturer also and coming out with a whole tribe line if we don't have polypro and stringer they're like, oh, I don't want that board. But I want to tell them, you don't need that board. But still, they we have to put out boards that the market wants, not that we what we think they want. It's kind of a shame, you know? Um, yeah, 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 certainly. And you've obviously got to make your bottom line and, and you've got to keep the company going. And, and if there's a demand there, obviously, um, obviously, you know, you need to meet it. But at the same time, I take your point on boards so heavily because when I see boards these days and even riding some of my own, if I'm using a polypro board that even has been broken in with a stringer and mesh, or even if it doesn't have mesh, sometimes the like the polypro itself is, is still quite stiff, you don't absorb those those little lumps and bumps and different you know pieces of energy on the wave as you're going along to keep your rail engaged and slicing through you know that 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 open face or in the barrel or in that critical part of the wave that allows you to get to that next section and make that barrel or make that air Mm. so i really feel where the bodyboarding's gone in the last 10 years obviously because for cheaper products and cheaper materials and manufacturing and we all know how hard it is to get materials at the moment with a world war going on and you know, so many political factors coming in. It's kind of like we're getting steered in the direction of 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 products that probably aren't serving the sport as well as it as well as it could. Being a manufacturer, do do you sometimes run into those problems? Oh, absolutely, yeah. And you know, we've started to do YouTube videos, and we're going to kick it up a notch here too because we feel like it's about education. Um, we need to, you know, give like Jay and I, you know. 30, 40, 50 years to combined experience, whatever it is. Um, we've been there. We've done that. And being on the competitive side, the recreational bodyboard side, traveling around the world, um, and now we're in the manufacturing, we've, we've, in our tribe line, we've really tried to build boards for every type of person. We've ran e-bodyboarding for 23 years, so we know the type of people the shapes and sizes, abilities, and what everyone needs. So we're trying to make that board for people, you know, that are our customers, um, and educating them about the different materials and what everything does. So, yeah, I I feel like um, hopefully here, you know, we're going to start providing some good content to kind of help those people realize what this does and what that does and, yeah, oh, and you guys have the platform to do it and the experience, you know, like you just stated then, all the all the time on the world tour, all the time spending um, surfing waves at different locations, you know, getting advice and, 
and influences of different pro riders, like, you know, even listening to Jay speak about hanging out with Keith Sazaki or Mike Stewart or, um, mm-hmm. you know, any, any 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 number of those riders. Like, I used to ride for Toys Bodyboards back in the day, and Keith Sazaki was still on the team oh, when, yeah. I, when I first joined, and, and, you know, he was a huge inspiration. I went over um, to L.A., and... And um, I, I didn't get to meet him per se, but um, got to meet the owner of the brand and, and he would talk so heavily about Keith and um, it was just, sorry, Will George was the owner of the brand of um, yeah. Toys at the time. And yeah, just um, to, to, to hear, you know, back to my point, to hear all that, that, that knowledge and wisdom be passed down. I think it's so imperative that Jay and yourself do get that information out there and, and keep Bergen alive and heading in a good direction not to say because you know i'm speaking from an australian point of view here where we've kind of had a, a slight let's say decline and recession in in regards to interest in um, bergen lately or maybe more so over the last kind of four to five years and, and now we're seeing a slight upwards upwards trend with some some cool people getting some some epic movies out and some young groms coming through and some you know the return of the ibc this year yeah. more of a really strong palpable kind of um yeah. setup you know what i mean that like makes yeah it's people coming go, back oh, wow it is it is and, yeah. and you know, I, I thought they did a great job at the maldives i, I thought oh, they did yeah. a really epic job at Eureka. you know i know fronton's coming up at the end of the year we just only spoke to marley dunn and ben betteridge who have got a van um over in ireland at the moment and they're actually going to be driving driving over um the english channel to, to on a ferry to France, then going down to Spain, and then flying over to flying over to Canaries for the con. Oh, like, cool! It's, yeah, it's really cool to see that that froth coming along. So you know, yeah. full circle back to the point. Going, you and Jay definitely need to keep pumping, pumping that, pumping that cool content out. Like even the videos you do of um, the different board size sizes and how you would measure up a board for a female or a male or, or the little things you've got to look for, like they're key because a lot of times that stuff gets lost in translation and then people are just mm-hmm. writing the most obscene things and they don't even realise, you know, like you see someone with like a leg rope instead of a bicep lease yeah, right. you're like, what's mm-hmm. the go, mate? Like you need yeah. your legs to be up and out of the water every now and again to bodyboard, you know. Yep. So my, yep. my point being is keep, keep going with those vids because they're very, very important. Yeah, thanks. And uh, to another point that you were saying how it's come, the sport's coming back, what we've seen over here, we have them every day in at e-bodyboarding here. They walk in and we've actually got a nickname for them and we call them board agains. And what we're seeing is the older generation that was in it in the 90s and the Keith Sasaki era and the Mike and Ben Severson era, now all those people have grown up and they've got kids and their kids are starting to bodyboard and they're bored again they're getting bodyboards the parents the dads they're getting bought in back into bodyboarding so we call them the board agains because they're back in the sport you know that's so good they've had a full they've had a full revelation it's like yeah have i steered away from the religion that has helped yeah. me get through the life so yeah. so well to this point and, yeah, and they're like, you know, I used to bodyboard back in the day. I had a Mark 7, and, you know, I'm looking to get back into it. That is our customer daily. It's crazy. Yeah, so cool. Are you guys stocking any, um, obviously, with the passing of the late Tom Moray and, and talking about Mac itself and and and, um, and all the different models that came out, are you stocking any, any of those Moray models? We've always stocked the Mark 7. You know, it's a board that's, lived on through the ages and you know they approached us to sell the um the limited edition one but i talked to sol um you know tom's son and and marsha and it it we decided not to let me just go there <laughs> so you know yeah, for sure yeah yeah 100 percent. no no dramas and did yeah. you um did you get to speak to tom um before he passed Oh so, yeah, we were. You know, he lived in San Clemente, so we've been friends with Tom for years, and he would stop by here all the time. You know, towards his later years, Marsha would drop him off here actually, and he'd just hang out with us for a while. And we actually, um, you know, six months before he died, we were like, Tom, let's bring back, you know, a board that 
you know, just to raise money for him, we thought, let's just come back. Let's just make a, have Jimmy Linville make a killer board that you designed in your colors, whatever you want. And we'll call it, you know, the limited edition Tom Moray and, you know, just to raise money for him. And he, he came up with some wacky ideas that we were like, oh, I don't know if we could do that, but we could try this. And we never ended up pulling it off. And, um, yeah, you know, just such a unique guy that's always trying to invent new things. And, you know, so, yeah, it was a shame we didn't end up getting to that stage. But, um, yeah. Yeah, but, uh, you know, at, at least you could have um, those final moments with him and just uh, to see the ingenuity and the, the fascinating cogs in his mind working yeah, over time. Yeah, uh-huh. The way he would come up with all those ideas and, you know, going through some – I did uh, a piece on him uh, maybe – maybe at the start of the year um, and obviously closer to his passing and just going back over some of his achievements, it was just, mm-hmm. it was, it was, it was just mind blowing to see what, what he had done. And even in the surfing industry and, and yeah. how he taken that by storm and, and people don't mm-hmm. actually realize that he was just an all round waterman and had, had such a, a different outlook on life that needed to be celebrated and appreciated. Yeah, Absolutely. So cool, so cool. What, what, what other um, influential people in the industry do you feel like that you've um, that you've obviously met and hung out with that, that you feel have shaped the industries? Are there a key group of people that you really look towards as like stewards and mentors of the industry? Um, you know, we for sure, Mike. You know, we we warehouse um, all Mike's boards here, so we fulfill orders for him and you know bring in his containers and stuff and. He's forever, um, you know, changing the his lineup and um, it's kind of setting the standard that other board companies um, are trying to achieve is along his lines of, you know, in changing the quad channel or, you know, he's got like half sizes here. He's got such an extensive range for every type of person. So he's he's got a board for everyone also. So you know, his board designs are definitely innovative more than others as far as that side of the industry. Um, and then, I don't know, you know, Hub, of course, is is leading in that domain also. And how um, is he almost 50 years of age? He's 47 or 48. I'm, I don't want to let the cat out of the bag too early, but he's still winning competitions on the world tour. Are you talking about Mike? No, I was talking about Jeff, sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was going to say Mike's in almost 60. Yeah, no, no, um, in regards to Jeff. Uh, yeah, just, I know. I'm talking about the Walker Bay Pro recently in South Africa. I'm like, mate, you yeah. you know, you're getting close to a um, – you're getting close to an age where your ribs can't cop all that tickling anymore, bro. It's like, how you how you continue to do this? Yeah, it's nuts. But I don't know how old you are, but I feel like – the the older the what's that saying I always say I can't remember but um I just feel better now than I ever have I don't know just, really so do you feel like you could launch a solid El Rolo or Backy or something and still be sweet with the landing like there's um, any issues I don't know well I feel like I'm better than I ever was I don't know you know I I definitely hurt more and you know I'll bend over and pick something up or climb up on the counter or whatever and it's like oh oh but at the same time you you know the experience and the knowledge in your brain from doing it so long you know I I always remember one of my highlights actually was I don't know it wasn't it was five years ago so they had a event at Huntington for girls bodyboarders and I was entering, I think I was the oldest one, and I was going against younger girls, 17, you know. And granted, you know, I was older and had the experience, but even going out in the in the um, contest with them, they were catching 30 waves, and I'm thinking, those dumb young bitches, they don't even know how to compete. You just need two, you need two good waves. <laughs> I would sit out there and caught two waves in my in the heat, and I'd beat them, you know, because I'd wait for the set, and they're like catching every wave they can, and so it, you know, the experience 
you know, help you in life, whether it's bodyboarding, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 for sure. I definitely take that point on board. To to, to answer your question too, um, I, I'm I'm 32, almost 33, so I'm, yeah. I'm so how definitely do you feel? not there yet. Better? Oh, look, I, I, yeah, like I, I think you are right because, and no, no, I think you're definitely right when it comes to the maturity and you're managing yourself better. You know how to stretch. You know which muscles are weaker in your body. You know which ones need to be engaged during bodyboarding. If it's your glutes or your quads or your hammies or your core. Yeah or whatever it is because as you get older you just learn more about yourself and and don't want to make the same mistakes again and, and i take your point on board especially in especially in the competitive scene you know like it's um i'm terrible at comps like absolutely dog shit vicky uh, it's, it's it's bad <laughs> because i don't have the um the competitive prowess or the yeah. mental fortitude to really push myself to be that um analytical competitor you know and which yeah. i take my hats off to people when i see a steely competitor like i love watching rafael nadal you know or i love watching uh pierre louis costes because yeah. you know when they put the rash on or they pick up the racket um they're ready to go and it's it's win mm -hmm. at all costs so i do appreciate that but with my yeah. body i think the, the the management's been better but i definitely noticed that i and i'm only kind of early 30s so I, I i'm speaking from only that point of view but i definitely feel like i'm i'm, I'm longer to recover i definitely know a hangover lasts a lot longer and i even <laughs> notice like my sleep at night if i have you know sometimes with these podcasts like I'm not doing them at five um <clears throat> five in the morning but if i'm doing them usually late at night after i put my bub down to bed I'll have a beer or something and then my sleep is interrupted heavily mm -hmm. because of um you know i guess it is poison going through your veins and, and if you don't get it out before a certain time then your your sleep patterns interrupted and blah 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 so my point being is that there probably are things that do slow down and the things that are harder to manage but you're right yeah. the the, mm -hmm. the the wisdom and the um maturity and the, the the experience really bodes well and i guess you can only look at Jeff Hubbard, Mike Stewart, yeah. you can look yeah. at Kelly Slater, you can look at um, Nathan Hedge, who's in his 40s and recently packed all these bombs over in Tahiti on the, on the WSL. Like, there's a lot of a lot of key factors to show that you can definitely do it. Um, it's, mm -hmm. I, I guess, just in this Western world, and, and you would know better than most being in America, like, it's pretty hard to stay away from temptations when, when it comes to even just driving down the road at a servo and wanting to fill up on a little sugary treat because you're running late or this is, you know, yeah. uh, time constraint and blah, blah, blah. So I feel like y your body can definitely take it. It's more so just being smart and being disciplined yeah. in management. Yeah, well, I think, it's, I think it's like fine-tuning. I mean, you wait till you get in your 40s. To me, the 40s were freaking fabulous 40s for sure. I'd love to talk to you in 10 years and, and see, you know, where you're at. But it's, it's fine-tuning everything and you get to know your limits and, you know, okay, I don't know if you're older and wiser too, but, you know, okay, I'll stick to two beers or three beers and I'll try and drink water in between. You have to get wiser and you have to fine-tune. But you figure yeah, it all yeah. out by your 40s, I think. So, yeah, you still got time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll be asking you for some tips, mate. I'll, I'll definitely be flicking yeah. an emo going like, you know, what are you doing at the moment? How are you getting over this? Are you, um, are you supplementing at the moment, Vicky? Like, do you, do you take any vitamins and, and minerals or is there a certain strict diet that you follow to keep yourself so proactive and um, striving in the water? Um, I... I'm not too good at taking them consistently. I do have a multivitamin and, you know, a vitamin D3 and, you know, some turmeric. And I'm not good at taking them daily. I kind of, um, I know my body in that if I have a heavy workout one day, I'm like, okay, I probably should supplement with some, you know, amino acids and some turmeric because I'm probably going to be sore tomorrow or whatever. And I eat pretty well, but I I love food and I love to live life and I'm not going to, be one of those freaks that doesn't enjoy a chocolate cake or a burger or fries but I'm I feel like I've got a good balance and I I you know I'll have a protein smoothie and after after my run so I don't diet I don't do any of that crap but I just try and live life and eat what I want but at the same time I'm I'm I stick to my veggies and proteins for sure 
That's such a cool, refreshing outlook to hear because a lot of people um, can get sucked into either sort of uh, avenue of life in regards to being super strict and just dialing everything down to the to the last millimetre, or you can be in the opposite end of the spectrum and just let yourself go completely and just yeah. you know mm-hmm. indulge in all of life's um, special treats, but. You know, you make a you make a really valid point, and I think it's almost um, it, it's a representation of uh, the Australian kind of mantra. Every now and again, you know, like I know we love a beer here, and we can go pretty crazy with drinking and and kind of carrying on. But I feel like the balance that a lot of people do, and especially a lot of Australians on the coast um, of Australia, just can kind of get into that. All right. You know, on the weekend, I'm going to have a couple of parties or some social events, and I'm going to eat this cake, or I'm going to have you yeah, know, six to eight beers, or I'm going to have these yeah. wines. Yeah, but then during your week, you just put your head down, get in your routine, yeah. have your good mm-hmm. alkaline foods, make sure that you know you're kind of looking after your body for that kind of 80 percent of the time, and then that's the it. Twenty to thirty percent, just have a fucking blowout. That's it. it. That's exactly it. Yeah. Did you um ever have many blow ups on blow out sorry up on the farm in Port Mac? Like I was really interested to know uh, what rural area just west of Port Mac that you actually did live in. Yeah, so it was only ten minutes out of Port, and right now there's um a big sub development area called Sovereign Hills. If you're ever heading into Port and you go off that big roundabout, and there's McDonald's right there. I don't know if you. Yep. And yep. there's the no, Billabong Koala Park. Um. So all that area, just as you're heading into town from McDonald's, my parents owned all that. Um, it was like a, a deer and ostrich farm. So that's where it was. So, you know, 10 minutes out of town. That's nothing. Yeah, that's absolutely yeah. nothing. That's perfect. And a lot of people these days are actually preferring, you know, my brother's living up in the Northern Rivers and he's living in a place called Alstonville, which is just kind of, 10 or 15 minutes away from Ballina and he's enjoying it more living up in the kind of hills, hinterland sort of vibe because you escape some of the craziness on the coast. You can can escape some of the mosquitoes. You can escape some of the harsh winds and all that kind of stuff. And then nestled in your your, your beautiful um, forest-like area is just... Is just a little haven, and he and he really feels like the the ecosystem up there suits his like lifestyle really well. Have you noticed yeah. a massive difference coming from Australia over to the states? Like I, I know I keep referring back to that, but I'm just so fascinated in your your move because there's so many so many similarities between Australia and America. I fully get that, but yeah. it's a big difference coming from rural New South Wales and a beautiful you know, homestead and, and obviously the farm life and listening listening about your dad being like Cro- Crocodile Dundee and, yeah. and all that kind of jazz. Like, how was the transition over to the States? Because, man, you say some of the things that we've said in this podcast already to an average American, oh, what the hell are you talking about? Like, you know, it, it just doesn't come yeah. out like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's a big difference, you know. Right now I live in, like, this um, cul-de-sac or this subdivision area and you know there's only two feet from my house to the house next to me and the other house on the other side of me so I'm in like this um you know San Clemente is not densely populated but it is compared to growing up on a deer farm an ostrich farm where you know I could walk around <laughs> the paddocks naked and no one would see me not that I did that <laughs> but I, I think could you did something there right eh? I reckon for sure you were just getting in touch with nature you were a couple of leaves in certain areas and you were like I'm just going for a hike yeah so it's um you know in orange county here you know it's it's the epicenter of the real housewives of orange county you get the the laguna i'm not far from laguna beach in newport so you get the california ladies and the um yuppies all around me you know and it's it actually makes me appreciate Australia more. And, you know, you meet anyone over here and they they automatically fall in love with you because you're Australian. They're like, Australians are so nice. I went there, blah, blah, blah. And I always am saying that. I'm like, in, you know, everyone's so humble and down to earth in Australia where I always, here in Orange County in particular, maybe LA County too, it's like a dog-eat-dog world. You know, everyone fends for themselves and you think that, you know, that guy deliberately cut you off, you know, in your car or whatever, where 
he might not have seen you, but it, they never give you the benefit of the doubt, you know. So it's it's a lot different over here. The the humans, you know, unfortunately, you try and give them the benefit of the doubt, but I do, I should say, because I'm Australian. Maybe that's why. <laughs> <But, laughs> well, yeah. keep doing that because that's a lovely that's a lovely trait to have, and and I sometimes fall in that trap here, even in Sydney, which is yeah. nowhere near as densely populated as um the states obviously but yeah I, I think there there is a real um validity to your point there in regards to just big city life and people living on top of each other and 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 yeah. almost harboring that 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 kind of dog eat dog me- mentality and i think capitalism in its in its purest state kind of promotes that you know like it, it's it's mm-hmm. And, and it does create productivity, and I've always argued this point that, you know, without one you can't have the other, and that's a byproduct yeah. almost. But, you know, mm-hmm. I do see that heavily, like, driving around here in Sydney. It's just, like, cut this yeah. person off. I want to get in front. I don't care if you're on that lane. I'm pushing you. Yeah. I've got a meeting. I'm tapping my watch, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I've got important things to do, and you don't mean anything. So it's like, yeah, yeah it's, just it's more, not community-based. No, there just seems to be the more hate, and we've seen it over here. Whether it, when it comes to COVID and when it comes to politics, you know, if you're a vaxxer or you're not a vaxxer, if you wear a mask and you don't, or if you like Trump and you like Biden, and it's just like there's no like I can't still love you because I'm a Biden lover and you're a Trump lover. It's like nope, you don't like Biden, and you know, you know, then I don't like you, or you know, and so just the past couple of years, it's it's like. It's gotten worse. I feel like you know. It's, it's but, you know, it, it it fully is a bomb. But there's there's so much um, epicness in what you're saying because you're you're you know I can already tell from your soft words you're 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 saying yeah well you know we can have differences and 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 different viewpoints and whatever but we can still come together on common ground. Yeah. It's like we may mm-hmm. disagree on on you know five or ten percent of the, the world's comings and goings, but we've got so many other similarities. And so many other cool points to discuss and to push mm-hmm. forward with that we're, we're so dialed in as humans just to focus on the negative. And I know that's an evolutionary trait where we've got to be defending ourselves in the wild and, you know, you've got to identify in your environment what's going to kill you first and da da da. But my mm-hmm. goodness, like th- th- there has been separation lately. And it's, and you're speaking as a true bodybuilder too, because, you know, we've been copping this for years. Of, that's um, right. Uh-huh. Yeah, the, the, the different hatred in the lineup, and I, I know you do also mix up your craft surfing um, on a shortboard and like a mal every now and again. Can, can I just ask you, like you know, living in a big city area, and we get this a little bit here in Cronulla too. Do you get um, do you get treated differently when you're on a boo compared to a stand up, and vice versa? Yeah, well, I think it's different, like between you and me, because I got tits and you don't. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I don't know, man. I've been smashing beers lately. Yeah, I've not been doing my um, regular workouts. So I'm starting to get some real sag. I reckon I'm a beef right now, and I could be a C by the end of the year. Oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the point being, I've got, I'm a girl, you know, so I feel like I get treated a little differently then, too. So if I'm on a sponge, you know, and I paddle out somewhere and you know, even if I catch one wave and they see my ability, they're like, oh, okay, she's cool, you know. Um, but there are, it depends on the lineup over here. You know, you go out at lowers and you get, you know, or it's just all types of jerks and, you know, old guys. And so it depends who's in the lineup. But, um, yeah, it's all about re- being respectful too, you know. I've got some bodyboarders or friends that I won't go surfing with because they – you know, they understand what dropping in is, but they don't understand that you can't sit at the peak, catch another one, and then paddle back out and catch another one. Even though you're not dropping in, you've still got to have that, you know, that um, knowledge of being respectful to others in the lineup. And so, um, yeah, it's just I, I might paddle out in a longboard one day and a mid-length another and a bodyboard the, the next, but it's it's about your demeanor in the water you know so definitely definitely you you're so you're so bang on i think that that has been um looked over by some people glossed over if you'd like to just see that there's there is um there is a system in the water it's much like you know waiting in traffic or there's much like merging into lanes i know i'm going back to 
mm-hmm. back to transport again, but it's the same thing. <laughs> it's like you've got to take your take your turn. There's only so many waves coming in. There's so many people out there, and they've got the same right as you to get whatever you wave. It doesn't matter if you're surfing with Felipe Toledo at um, Trestles or you're surfing with Craig Wetter down at um, yeah. Down the wedge, you know, like it's yeah. like just be be a human being. Yeah, and you know what? Yeah, yeah, and you know what else it is? It's like I hate when I paddle out in the lineup, and yeah, it might be a bunch of like corporate executives that are getting in a session before work or whatever, but freaking smile or say hello, <laughs> you know? It's like, are you yeah. really having fun out here because the dick face on you doesn't look like you are? <laughs> You know? Yeah, yeah, so, for sure, man. It's fucking heavy. Yeah. It, it actually is heavy, and it's heavy that it um it, it gets to a state where people get so serious and so locked down. And you know, sometimes I've got to tell myself, living in a busy area too, like, don't worry about that wave. It's just a wave. They yeah. didn't realise yeah. that. Da da da. But um, yeah, you can fall into that trap pretty pretty easily. You know, getting mm-hmm. that 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 competitive arch in your back and all the hairs up in your back, and you just wanna you just wanna almost fully cut loose you know it's it's a it's a it's 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 a real gray area in surfing and bodyboarding you know like it's Mm -hmm. just that kind of different levels of respect and and how people like you know the the old the old um the old moral that's like you know treat treat your neighbors you'd like to be treated like that doesn't seem to be really happening that much anymore oh it's a shame it is so i try and go Um, out of my way uh, and say hi to those guys and smile and really rub it in their face if they're being dicks, you know. <laughs> yeah, bloody oh, that's the that's the best way of doing it because you're going to win them over with kindness, or you're going to kill them with kindness. Either way, like you're you're winning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I I just wanted to go back um on a point I mentioned in the intro. You know, you you were the first ever female rider to be on the cover of Riptide. Can I just ask you how how that felt and what sort of occasion was it was at the time? Yeah, um, oh, obviously super honoured and stoked and, you know, it was during the prime time of bodyboarding too, so it seemed like um, it should have happened when it happened too, you know, the sport was on a roll and women's bodyboarding was on a roll and I, when I had those, I had some sponsors that allowed me to travel on these different trips that Jay and I would put together, and this happened to be one we went to West Oz um, with a few American bodyboarders, and Tom Boyle came with us. And he, I, I feel like he was like, Vic, we've got to pull in, we're going to get a cover shot, you know? And part of my, through my career, I could never keep my freaking mouth closed either in all the shots. And he's like, I think we got a good one. And I'm like, is my mouth open? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you, you've obviously seen the <laughs> Of course, um, of course, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it was just pulling into a, you know, fun wave in Western Oz and Tom kind of called it and I don't know if he pushed for it or not. I can't remember back at the details back then, but I think Simon Ramsey was the editor then and um he hinted at the hinted at it. So yeah, it was it was magical. It was super cool and super stoked, you know, to be the first one. So yeah, it's do epic. you remember that? Do you actually remember the wave that well, or do you remember how the session unfolded? Like, what were the the um, what were the events leading up to it? Yeah, it was a magical day. I don't, I don't know if you remember the I forget the name of Tom Boyle's um, video, but um, Galeramy was there, George D. Marino, a couple of guys, and we'd rock up to the beach, and there was all these fish um, getting washed up on the beach, and we could li- literally pick them up with our hands and. So the day started off epic, us catching fish with our hands. And then, um, like, yeah, it was so long ago, but I just, I remember paddling out and they were, a lot of them were closeouts and it was just yelling like, this one, this one, pull in, pull in, you know. So I don't remember it being epic waves, but beautiful waves, you know, of just pulling in and getting jacked and slammed. <laughs> yeah, and the froth was alive, yeah. you could tell, you know. It was. And I think that's yeah. what came out in the photo and obviously the amazing coverage it's just I've, I wanted to get a background on it because it's so fascinating every time that there's such a different story behind each cover and, and when you yeah. hear it from the writer's mouth it, it kind of yeah. you know really paints everything in front of you going oh okay so they, they've obviously had an epic trip because you know some of the times that I've that I've asked people about this not on a podcast but just in in general the lead up to those 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 covers have been awful and there's been a lot of um 
painstaking work placed in. There's been a lot of ups and downs, a lot of crazy travel. There's been a lot of pressure placed on both the rider and the photog to get it done, you know, get the shot. We want to get this, blah, blah, blah. So it's, it's very refreshing and it's very lighthearted to hear that, you know, you guys were literally catching fish with your hands, which is almost like an old wives' tale to me. Like that yeah. doesn't happen on the East Coast of Australia yeah. anymore. But, um, yeah, yeah, that's that's epic. Yeah, fun times, good memories. I know. Have you ever thought you might come back to Oz or you and Jay are firmly... Um, firmly situated in america yeah no we've thought about it a couple of times we bought a block of land at lighthouse in the 90s with that being our plan you know okay we'll you know raise our family here kind of thing and then you know life happens we had kids started this business bought a house bought this building here at e-bodyboarding and you just get too you get in too deep you know where it's so deep in our lives here and our kids' lives and my friends and Jay's friends. And we live in such an epic location as far as waves and um, Jay and I run a lot. And to, for traveling, we can go out of San Diego or L.A. It's right near Mexico. We're two hours from the snow, you know. it's We're just so happy and deep, deep in life here that it's hard for us to think of picking up and going down there. But... You know, our daughter just went to college in, to the University of Hawaii, so she's out of the house, and our son just started high school, so we had another four years with him. So we don't think we will move to Australia, but our goal in hopefully seven years is to kind of um, either pass this um, business or let our current guy manage ebodyboarding.com but we're still kind of part of it but not so much in running the business just more on the um, media side of things and just travel so hopefully we could spend a few months in Australia and a few months here and there and just you know end up traveling the world bodyboarding and doing what we're doing as far as media work for ebodyboarding so that's kind of our dreamy goal is so not necessarily to move but maybe be there for a lengthy amount of time for sure, you guys could just still be on the board, running the running the show in the background, but not actually being yeah, physically present all exactly. the time. And, and yeah, yeah, that's that's so cool. And have you got any um, real goals and aspirations to to hit certain parts of the world? Like, are there certain ways where you're like, oh, I need to go there? Um, yeah, you know, I got some bucket list waves on on my list. Um, I've never been to Nias. I really love to go there and. Um, so there's a lot of waves in Indo. Um, you know, we've been to Sambala and, and Sumatra and a um, few places, but there's other places we haven't been. And um, yeah, even as far as like Honolulu Bay in Maui, you know, I got a I got a small bucket list and like giant bucket list. But um, Mexico, the, you know, there's still so many untapped places that we want to go and. You know, whether it be in a motorhome or, you know, staying in a hut on the beach in Mexico, you know. So, yeah, we've got lots of ideas, but nothing set in stone. Yeah, epic. Well, that's lovely to have too. It's just like an open slather, pick and choose, yeah. see how things go, you know, not not mm-hmm. um, set super rigid plans in, in place because obviously we all know with the state of the world at the moment, things can change at the click of a finger. So it's, oh, <laughs> it's yeah. definitely good to be flexible. Sure, and you know our health. You know you gotta. gotta I, my motto is live like you're gonna die tomorrow. So I'm kind of a yes girl. I gotta turn more into a no girl. People say, ask me if I want to. I want to do something. I'm like, yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. That's great experience, though. You only just recently came back from a um, ladies trip over to Nashville with some girlfriends. Hey, like was that yeah. just a, another yes moment? It really was, yeah. Um, we were up till four in the morning some nights, and oh, yeah, very adventurous. So, yeah, that was a yes moment. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And did you have a good time? I know there's yeah. a, a huge yeah. country music scene there. Did you guys get up on get up on the karaoke and belt a couple of tunes out? Not karaoke, but definitely front front row. You know, rocking and rolling, dancing all well, country and rolling. Um, you know, yeah, yeah, the 40s. I'm still in my 40s, so I'm just having a fabulous time in my 40s. So, 
Yeah, epic, lovely. Well, that's that's it goes back to your comment before about forties being your best time of your life. Yep. I've got something to look forward to then. You do. You wait. <laughs> I um I I usually towards the end of the potty, Vicky, I try and ask our guests um a, just a series of five questions that um kind of relate to their experience in Boogan and stuff. I was just thinking, are you, are you okay to to be involved in that? Yeah, hit me with it. Yep. Okay, so the first question is, and this is very interesting coming from yourself being a manufacturer and all the um, all the experience you have with different board size and models, crescent or bat tail? I go crescent. It's more versatile. I don't drop knee at all, but I give it a go. So I feel like it gives me a better edge in the wave and I can do whatever I want on it. <laughs> Lovely. Yep, yep, cool. Um, ramp or pit? Ooh, that's tough. It depends if it's a left or a right. <laughs> I definitely love pits, but I love a wedgie right just because my favorite moves like a air reverse or, you know, a, um, a, yeah. So I don't know. That's a tough one. It depends on the wave. If it's a really hollow, makeable, wedgie wave, then that would be the wave. <laughs> Yeah, sweet. So you just kind of incorporate all the good things and put it into yeah. to one beautiful setup. Yeah, well, if you, why not have one if you can have two? Yeah, that's it. Um, <laughs> dolphin cut fins or other design fins? I will be honest and say I haven't really given the dolphin cut a try. I've always worn Tech 2s and I now wear the Tribe T2s and that's – Oh, I've, I haven't given even the Markapoos a try. So, you know, I'm not Dolphin. I feel like it would make me off off my kick. So, I don't know. Yeah, I should yeah. yeah, no, no, no. Like, you, you, you make a valid point. A, a lot of the times, especially, um, you know, the core Aussie crew that we talk to, obviously they're all about Dolphin cut fins because of the style thing and blah, blah, blah. But you make a very valid point, and I think, um, I think it is true in regards to the different design fins and how it pushes water in and out of the fin pocket and how yeah. you can kind of um, get way more propellation in regards to those critical, like kind of critical moments, paddling onto a wave or if you've got to turn around and burn or even just getting out of the way yeah. of an oncoming set. I, I think the technology does outweigh the dolphin cut fins. Me personally, I just can't get away from the symmetry of the dolphin cut fins. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I like that little quick thrust too. So I feel like um, you know having the same um, square kind of shape on both feet, doing a quick thrust as opposed to a. I don't know. It just gives me the burst. I think that I don't know. I I'm unfair. It's unfair for you to ask me that because I don't really know about the dolphin cut. <laughs> unfair. <laughs> I I feel you. I'm sorry. I retract the statement. I retract the statement. <laughs> <laughs> um next next question vicky beachy or reef um hmm gosh it all depends doesn't it i mean a beachy you can go harder because sand but i guess you could still break your neck and reef you're gonna get cut up um but i love the um a reef so pretty so um i think I think I'm going to go with Reef. It's more perfection too, I think. But I love that at Beachy, you never know what you're going to get. So, shit, these are tough questions. I know. I thought long and hard about this down in my down in my cellar, you know what I mean? Just like yeah. tapping away, glass of wine, maybe yeah. um, I'm pretty sure I had like a, a quill with some ink and I was just scribing these out, just going, what can I ask yeah. some of the best bodyboarders in the world that are going to make uh-huh. their plans tick? They're tough because it all depends on the size, shape, if the sandbars are good, if the reef's really shallow, you know? For sure. And also your style of bodyboarding. You know, some people, yeah. oh, like, right. for, for, for example, down here in Cronulla, a lot of boogs are just um, are just are just loving 
the reefs because, you know, quite frankly, all our sand's been mined out of our sand hills here and uh, green hills and wander. It's been shipped off to all different parts of the world. I'm pretty sure Hawaii and LA and all that have some uh, of our sand here. So yeah, we've no. got nothing left, you know, so we, 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 we don't even surf the beach. But then if you go four or five, six hours up the coast, you've got plentiful beach breaks that allow, yeah. uh, you know, so many good bodyboarders to hone their skills technically and then they can put that technical skill into a heavy water situation with a reef and a barrel and kind of mm. proceed from there. So there's so many different avenues um, and upbringings, yeah. I guess, in, 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 in Bougain. I guess it really depends on your environment, doesn't it? Yeah, I was going to say, I know my answer. It's concrete. <laughs> <laughs> a wave pool, yes. I haven't yeah. had that one yet. That's the first one. There you go. I'm going to have to add that in. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, the last question, and it's, um, it's a dubious one, bicep or wrist leaf? Oh, bicep for sure. Obviously, I'm in the retail side of things, and I tell people, once you go bicep, you don't go back because it's hands-free, um, it stays out of the way, you know. A wrist just gets in the way. It's annoying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm totally on the same precedence. It's unbelievable how ridiculous like wrist leash looks stylish as hell love it but the mm. way it sits underneath your forearm sometimes the way yeah. it can get underneath your belly it's just like yeah. come on we've mate we've got enough hazards and issues in the water to deal with without yeah. even without having a wrist leash on like you uh-huh. know give us a break yeah <laughs> all right perfect well um thank you for answering my questions and thank you for coming on today um vicky this morning obviously around lunchtime um your zone and and 5 30 and mine so please all the listeners out there if i did sound like i needed a coffee i probably did <laughs> but um my uh, the conversation i just had with vicky then has been unbelievable and it's so cool to hear all your insights and your your, your experience vicky like it's not um it's not common that i that i get to sit down with someone who's been in the sport for such a period of time and such a young sport we've only kind of hit yeah um you know, like half a century there. So you, you've been uh, you've been a part of it for ages. So I really appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was fun to recollect, you know, all the fun memories and times. So thanks for having me. Giddy up. We'll have to have you um, on again soon and, and hopefully you'll be uh, conquering another wave pool by then. Yeah, thanks. Good luck with the podcasting. Yeah, yeah. happy to, if, if, if you've got any people um, that you feel like... You, we should be talking to or any call local yeah. dudes over your way you know, please please send us send them over because yeah. we want to have all types of chats with all types of people and just um keep the boog froth alive yeah and send me through the link to your um podcast and we can blast it out on your body body yeah sick oh that'd be amazing fully would yeah. appreciate that immensely yeah. yeah no worries well cool luke nice chatting with you all right, happy days, Vicky. Speak soon, mate. You too. Bye. It was all a pipe dream. Watching bodyboarding up on TV. Deep at reef, watching tension repeats, eating bait.